You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about podcasts. A podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. I'm Doge. And I'm Jordan. <laughs> Did y'all catch the end of Only the harmony? The uh-huh. <laughs> I, usually, muted right I usually try and have some separation there. I usually it try and. Just, it was just. Oh, I'm Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, let's just dive straight into it. This is one of my favorite things about doing the MCU television shows is that we can just jump in. Let's just do it. Yeah. People know what we're doing. We're on Loki episode two. We if don't even like s- talk to each other yeah. or like make any relational <laughs> no, no, connections. Yeah. We can just talk about the thing we watched. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit record and go, you know? Yeah, I love few, that. A few things for you to know as the listener. If you have not seen episode two, I would pause right now. Go I would, watch episode I would two. Pause. If you haven't seen... Episode one or two, well, also okay. pause. Also pause. Also pause. Go figure that out. Watch episodes one and two. But look, if you've only two, seen episode two and not weird, episode one, your choice. That's bananas. Pause as well. Do we you, have the best listeners in the world because <laughs> of pause? My first question for my co-hosts: Do you feel the difference in a an honest runtime for a television show? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I am loving the length yeah, of these yep. episodes. Being done with episode two and seeing that there are four more. Because before this series even started, seeing there were only six episodes was discouraging to me. Because yeah. I think I think I knew I would want as much of this Loki universe as I could yes. possibly get. Yeah. But yeah. after epi- two episodes, I'm just excited. I can't believe there's four more. I can't believe, yeah. wow, we have four more? Because we're getting full 50 minutes, it feels like, right. of actual story and it's much needed and i've been listening to i've been having some fun because the amount of content out there to accompany these marvel shows is massive every podcast whether they were a movie podcast or not is talking about wandavision talking about the falcon and the winter soldier talking about loki um but something that feels uh consistent is everyone seems to think uh that there's just a lot of information. Me yeah, personally, yeah. I'm loving it. Uh, for instance, our scene in this most recent episode of Loki in the library, going through research yeah. and finding out all this stuff, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about one of the things that he finds that brings about a really fun adventure. 
this makes me feel like watching Loki feels like the first time I watched True Detective. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. In a in a really off kind of way. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of dialogue. Um our adventuring usually happens towards the end. It's yeah. like we're going to talk about what we're going to do for a while and discover what we're going to do and then let's go out and it's going to be really intense and let's yeah. figure out what happens here at the end. Yeah. Um but guys, I'm loving the pace. I'm loving it. I think episode 2 is better than episode 1. I agree. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Dude, to me, the anchor, like, obviously, obviously, I mean, nobody's surprised that Tom Hiddleston is doing a great job as Loki, right? He's been playing this character for a decade. He, like, maybe didn't define the character as much as, like, RDJ did with Stark, but certainly there are echoes of Tom Hiddleston in comic 616 Loki now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think, like, Owen Wilson is just doing something magic in this show that is super duper working for me. And their chemistry together is, it's it's two actors that I would never be like, you know who I bet has great chemistry? Right, right. Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. But they but man, also I mean, feel sort of like the guys that have chemistry with everybody. Agreed. I agree yeah. with that. But uh, how do you guys feel? Because I have a, I am getting a vibe from this and I'm curious what y'all think. I think this is, ooh, maybe a better like buddy cop relationship type of show maybe a better dynamic than Sam and Bucky even I think so already it feels a lot stronger than them to me yeah yeah no I I do I think so too I really do you talk about how long we've had Loki how long we've had Tom Hiddleston in the MCU yeah I mean if it feels like Chris Hemsworth's been around forever it's the exact same amount of time yeah sure like we have had Loki this was wasn't that the third no fourth movie right Thor was the fourth movie in the MCU we had two Iron Mans and Hulk, technically. Yeah, so, yeah. Norton's Hulk. The fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we had… No, or was Captain America before that? No, Thor was before Captain America. Okay, so then we had Thor. But um, I just think… Uh, I think I have to agree. I think their chemistry… I think it's because it's not something that we've seen as much. I think we're comparing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's chemistry to a bunch of shows that are just kind of like that. And it feels a little bit more cookie cutter than yeah, it sure. does, yeah. dealing with uh, timeline variants yeah. Yeah. on a regular basis. The well, it feels like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a little more of the Fast and Furious type of relationship where it's like adversarial and um, yeah. weirdly friend, like reluctantly friendly. Whereas this does feel a little more like good cop, bad cop, forced to work together sort of a thing. And yeah. and that's just a dynamic that for me is more interesting most of the time. Um, so I I, that, I think that's part of why it's working just on top of Owen Wilson bringing everything. I was a little worried when this episode started um, for the first little bit of it because it was pretty, it felt pretty simple in terms of character motivation. Right. And everybody's just being super straightforward. But as you like, to me, one of the strengths of this episode is as you progress and you realize, oh, Loki is double-crossing them. And Mobius knows Loki's double-crossing them, but still is trying to, like, work with him. And just yep. the fact that they can each very clearly see what the other is doing yep. is so interesting. It's an added layer to me of, like, okay, now they're now they're reacting with knowledge that characters in a show like this typically wouldn't have. They'd want to yeah. be surprised by the double-cross. I think uh, a testament to their relationship, the, the Mobius-Loki relationship is, I think one of the most interesting and, and best moves made by this script is pairing Loki with someone who is a Loki expert. 
Yeah. So someone who has been studying Loki mm-hmm. uh, for probably longer than Loki has felt like he existed. Like we right, don't know right. how old Mobius is, and that's fun. Yeah. yeah. And so how how they're kind of I love that we had uh, a back and forth in this episode of bo- both of them. Like I think it came first that Mobius realized Loki was trying to deceive him, and then later though we have Loki realizing Mobius is trying to. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't think we've seen Loki before get out Loki'd. Like, he's, right. But Mobius is, it's being delivered by Owen Wilson in a package that is not, <laughs> it doesn't feel as sinister. Right. Like, it, <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't feel as sinister at all. And I think Owen Wilson is just the most perfect casting. And it's, I'm a broken record for the MCU. But <laughs> to use somebody who I would say is already kind of, while he's been semi one note in roles that he's had in the past, he's kind of mysterious to me. Owen Wilson is really unpredictable. Yeah. And so for him to play a role of someone who's trying to get everything in order uh, feels really outside of his wheelhouse. And yet, why hasn't he always been here? You know, it's like, right. He's, I'm forgetting that he's Owen Wilson, but I'm simultaneously like, man, this is Owen Wilson. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. I think the last time I remember this, was Midnight in Paris. I don't know if y'all have seen that before. Mm-mm. It's a really, really good romance comedy. Uh, and it has a bit of time travel in it too. So it's not the first time Owen Wilson has dealt with this. But uh, seeing him in a more, this feels like even though it's a, a comedy in a way, comedy action, it feels like he's playing a more dramatic role than what we usually see from him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's sort of the straight man of their mm-hmm. of their thing. I I'm trying to think, is this the... Is he the biggest actor, I guess, the movie star that we've brought in for these shows that's not been in a movie before? Mm. So I'm trying to think of like new additions to the cast. And it's yeah, because been- Catherine Hahn was not, this is Catherine Hahn, this was a launching pad for her, even though there's a yeah. lot of things we can recognize her in. Right. Sure. I would say she's not Owen Wilson's level of, of recognizability. I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus for like a yeah, second. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. That was yeah. pretty big. Yeah. But in terms of an integral role, I mean, he's he's the number two build guy, right? You know? It feels so like it feels like Loki kind of snuck up on at least me personally as like, sure. oh, this is the one that they're kind of putting all their eggs on. Like we're we are for sure gonna get some Kang the Conqueror in this show. I'm I'm confident of it. But it feels like there's more. I don't know. They're asking Loki to do more than I think they're asking the other shows to do, and I I I fully expected yeah. it to be like a, a distinct third place in terms of importance. This one feels maybe not only like it might actually be equal with or maybe a little more important than WandaVision for the foreseeable future of the MCU, but it, it honestly feels like it might just quality-wise end up being the best of the three. Man, if we bring up WandaVision, you're going you're gonna to steer me directly into theory territory. That's become my favorite part of these Marvel episodes where Same. I just sort of bloviate on things that are the Speculate top of my mind. wildly. And yeah. then they all are just like, hey, dude, absolutely not. That's not yeah, going to yeah. happen. I do. I would request that the court allow me a bit of that time for this episode. Yeah, let me I say, got first of all, stuff to say. Let me say, first of all, to, in, to endorse my friends that I get to do a podcast with. Uh, I, I'm not trying to say my friends are better than yours, but maybe there's some people listening or there's some people that exist in the world that you have friends that like theory too and they get to say like, you know, let's think tank. Let's brainstorm about what could be happening. My friends though, here's how I know they're on a lif- different level. My friends say, I tend to be blovious. What is, I don't <laughs> even know what that means. I need the theory around blovious. 
But just to let you know to the extent of what we're able to give here. I'm ready. I'm sitting. <laughs> Blovius, I'm pulling up my chair. Yeah. So Blovius hey, was I, a Roman a emperor theory. who used to give very long speeches uh, in the public like marketplace. Amazing. He was actually… Sta- no, that's not true. That's I mean, not all true that, at all. That's not, a, that's I not it at all. It. I'm in. Emperor I have Blovius. a theory as well that I'm pretty stoked about. And I have a feeling you're going to say it anyway. So you just take you just take the floor. And I'll, t- I'll thumbtack mine at the end if you don't okay. touch on it. Okay. So here's the deal. Wait. We did it. Huh? You're right about Lady Loki. Okay. Well, here's the deal. If you haven't, we did our fun little thing, but if you haven't watched episode one, haven't watched episode two, haven't watched both of them, haven't watched only one of them, this is for real, for real, for real. If you're trying to go in blind as a bat, then this might not be it for you, uh, this next little bit. So I don't know how far ahead to tell you to skip, but this is just, it's coming and you just need to be ready for it. Well, well, maybe, maybe we'll interject Doge's voice right back uh, to let you know how long this actually ended up being. Yeah. So you can skip ahead and his voice will be, the warning will be right here. Three minutes, 23 seconds. Hang on, my computer is verifying Microsoft Outlook. I wasn't even aware that was something I'd asked it to well, do. verify, Doge. Jeez. Please stop that. Uh, so here's the deal. Lady Loki, right? Sure. As we're thinking. In the Italian credits, she's credited as a character called Sylvie. If you zoom in on the documents that Loki is reading, he's reading about a person, a variant, whose name is Sylvie Laufey daughter. Loki's name is Loki Laufey's son because at this point, this Loki from the timeline is not identifying Odin as his father. Laufey's the king of the frost giant, so his name is Loki Laufeyson. If we see a variant called Sylvie Laufey daughter, we can assume she is part of the same heritage as Loki. The interesting thing is, uh, in the comics, and I've pulled up the last name because I can't remember it. Uh, in the comics, Sylvie, uh, with regards to Loki, is a pretty important name because that is the name of Enchantress. Yeah! Sylvie Lushton uh, is a character called Enchantress. She was created by Loki as an as a tool of chaos. And so... It looks like Sylvie in this show is sort of an amalgamation of Lady Loki and Enchantress. I'm willing to bet that she is not actually a female variant of Loki. Now, here is where I put on my tinfoil hat and go absolutely bananas. Sure. Richard E. Grant is cast in this show in an unnamed role. Let's imagine for a moment that he's playing old man Loki, the oldest Loki who comes from a time... He'd be, bef- he'd be great for that. He'd be great. Who comes from a time before the timekeepers imposed their will on the sacred timeline. He's from a timeline outside of their control. Let's imagine that he's created Enchantress to go into the sacred timeline and to attempt to destabilize it and to create a true multiverse, like we saw at the very end of this episode, this infinitely branching timeline, a multiverse of madness over which he can be king king over that chaos. That feels very Loki to me. We also do have some elements of the fight with between Loki and we're going to call her Sylvie. Uh, she might be Lady Loki. She might be Enchantress, but we do know uh, the female variant. We can call her that. The yeah. fight with him at the end, she's doing some, uh, she's exhibiting some power sets that are very, very common Enchantress tricks that grab somebody, talk to them, and then they collapse. And then somebody else talks to them. That's like mm-hmm. very, very Enchantress. Repeatedly says, don't call me Loki. Loki says, those are nice enchantments. I'm not sure. And I could, I mean, this could be, this could age just as well as six months ago, me being like, guys, I promise it's Mephisto. 
So take <laughs> yeah. this all with a huge I grain of salt. I said a cicada was Mephisto and I'm right, pretty right, proud right. of it. So. Take this all with a huge grain of salt. Um, but she also, she's got two horns on her little headband, which is a, a Lady Loki thing. The headband with the horns is Lady Loki, but they're small, they're short, like Kid Loki. Uh, one of them is completely broken off. Um, at this point, I'm just saying things I saw. I don't know what those mean, but. Okay. Gotcha. That's kind of, that's kind of where my brain is at. It, it, would not surprise me too much if she was not an actual variant of Loki that shares the same soul, uh, like Hunter B. whatever said in the first episode, um, mm. but was rather a creation of old man Loki. And old man Loki is the variant that's messing with the sacred timeline. Amazing. Richard E. Grant, which is funny, we talk about timelines, is I also know. in the movie we're talking about tomorrow. Um, barely. Just tiny uh, baby barely. Now, I, you did not touch my theory, Go. which I don't Ooh. think requires a spoiler warning. It's not quite as intense. Um, <laughs> that this Loki is actually the same. If you watch closely, he's, the he's one in Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> no, my theory is simply, um, I do not believe that the timekeepers either ever existed or are currently alive still. Oh, okay. Explain. I think, we're, I think we're going to get a Wizard of Oz moment of a don't look at the man behind the Almost curtain kind the of thing. thing. And yeah. he, it's either, I think that they either are... Uh, a fiction made up by the TVA to seem like they have a plan or that they were once alive and no longer are. Those are those are two sides of the same coin. Either way, whether they are around or not, I don't have strong feelings either way. I'm just getting the feeling based on people's reactions about them that Mobius mm-hmm. has been there the whole time and has never met them before, um, that the, there's just a lot of weird mystery that doesn't seem necessary but most importantly i think what's happening is that this there's nothing sacred about the sacred timeline i think it is a desire to keep this timeline separate from the multiverse for some reason like i i think we might yeah. find that the multiverse is not being created but is instead being held at bay more than anything mm-hmm. yeah and that there's stuff going on like i don't know like what if we find out that the MCU universe has been uh, staying out of this huge war that's been going on around them without them ever knowing that they needed to get involved, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's very King the Conqueror though. I feel like, I don't know. It would be really interesting for them to be a complete fabrication. And I mean, I guess there's a a chance that King the Conqueror could be- Like maybe killed the other two? Pruning- yeah, could have killed the other two and is running the whole thing himself and and is pr- cuz I mean one of those is definitely Kang, right? Like sure, one of the middle statues. one they keep showing is definitely Kang that sort of looks even a little bit like Jonathan Majors. Right. Yeah. Um but I think that maybe Which again, jeez, what a good What casting. a good casting, you right? Know, what if what if what if we are pruning the quote-unquote sacred timeline so that it is perfect for some sort of environment that he requires for some yeah. reason? I think he's pruning all the timelines where he didn't win the multiversal war. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And for, you know, fans that are following just the cinematic universe in general, the movies, we talked about how integral this show is going to be, we feel like, just for Marvel. Completely. I think 100%. But when yeah. we, so like Black Widow is not going to really, we don't think we'll have anything to do with the multiverse. Neither will, I don't think that Shang-Chi will, but then you have the multiverse of madness. Then you Correct. have a Spider-Man movie that has Quantum everyone Mania. who's ever played Spider-Man before, you know? Yes. And so. It's it's opening it up, and somehow, somehow, some way, they are going to make something that seems so ridiculous seem canon. 
which yeah. is so fun. So I know fun. you guys like to do this check-in with me. I just, to check how my walk with uh, Scarlet Witch is going. Uh, I now firmly believe that she did not create those children. She did not create Vision. She yoinked them from a different timeline. They're multiverse versions. Uh, she yoinked them from a different a different branch of the timeline where they existed, where Vision did not die, where they lived together and had children. Mm-hmm. I don't think she created them out of nothing. The only timeline I want to get yoinked from is this one um, so that we can go yoink ourselves into an ad break. Let's do it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Something too, uh, as we talk about Loki and talk about these Marvel shows, I think if I was a chunky or even just a new listener and I looked down and it was Loki episode two and the episode ran like maybe 45 to 50 minutes, I don't sure. think I care. Sure. So, we're, you know, <laughs> we've got our little box of time that we usually do things in. If it runs over, sorry about it. Because I've got questions outside of this. We're watching oh. Loki, oh. and there's so many things that I'm like, what is that? How did this? How do we? I'll ask Jordan. I'll ask Doge. Um, I just really want to know what's in the box, to be honest. Like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Questions from our listeners. Thanks for asking, oh, guys. That is much less scary than the alternative. Well, that's what was in, in the movie. Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Spoiler warning. No, it actually wasn't. That's the only the cut that you watched. Most of the time, it's actually just letters from people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> okay. The cool. international cuts are all that. Uh, oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> first question we're going to start like it off with. With all the different endings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Curry is actually in the box reading all of these questions. Tim Curry. Down. Uh, <laughs> first question uh, comes from Will on Instagram. And it's fitting. Out of all the new Marvel films and TV shows announced, which one excites you the most and why? We can, this is a nice little transition into this, right? Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Which for me, one excites it's, you the most For why? me, it's Multiverse of Madness. Because I think we're going to continue setting up dominoes for that movie through the rest of Loki. Definitely, definitely through Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're all going to fall in a really, really great way. That clarifies why on earth King the Conqueror is in Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. This is a hard question because conceptually, I'm most excited for Multiverse of Madness, but 
actually thinking about watching it, it's just more Spider-Man that I'm the most excited for. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's uh, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, but I yes, think also that. Taika, Taika Waititi is a uh, friend of the podcast, family of the podcast. Sure, sure. Someone that is known for going into any project with full confidence. Uh, maybe not even caring what you think. He's going to do what he feels like is right. And most often, it's very strange, but it's perfect. Yep. Um, so to see a Taika Watiti that already has a following of doing his one Marvel venture and everyone saying, this might be the best one. Yeah. Now have even more reign to do whatever he wants. I Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely can't wait. Can't wait. And I have to say too, I am so, even watching a show like Loki, I am so excited that there still is so much momentum in the MCU. I can't believe it. You know, I saw one of the one of the sad things about Endgame was it did, while it was the end of a chapter, feels like, is this going to be the best? Like, is right. it ever going to get back to this? Uh, and I, it, I think I can already start seeing the dominoes line up to where there's going to be arguments decades down the road that are like, I don't know which phase was best. I don't, I don't know. It which- just has to be different though, right? Like that's, it that's has to be so different. Such an yeah. interesting thing is yeah. the way they're, they're consciously reinventing the way that they build toward these big uh, universe level events. You know what I mean? Cause we can never, ever start at tiny momentum and take 10 years to build, you know, 20 movies into one thing again, that's, it's no. already been done. So we got to do yeah. something completely different. And I love yep. that they're, Conscious, like acknowledging that it feels like at least they're acknowledging that it's yeah. starting to feel like the MCU is treating its movies like it treats its comics, where it's like a little more scattered, but a little more um, less meat per wing, <laughs> more wings. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Any more questions? Yeah, we got two more. I hope for so because that was one. <laughs> Got two more. <laughs> Do people care? <laughs> uh, this one, this question comes from Hunter CL on Instagram. You could choose any living actor or director to give the eulogy at your funeral. Who do you pick? Mm. Vin. Uh, okay, we got the joke out of the way. No. I kind of feel like it's Robert Downey Jr. a little bit. You think it's RDJ for you? I, yeah, it's not even that he's my favorite anything so much as I just like him a lot. And I feel like he would come at it with the perfect amount of irreverence that it would take the sting off of my untimely death. See, I I choose Werner Herzog for the exact opposite reason. <laughs> Too much, so much gravitas. So he would make me sound like the most important boy who ever did anything. Justin will never be the same again. There because never, he has died. There can never be <laughs> another one. He was the first and only. And he was only 50 years old. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick someone who I think has some gravitas, demands attention, but also has the capabilities to show some humor. Because I would want some humor in my eulogy. Mm-hmm. And I think Kate Blanchett would be pretty phenomenal. Interesting. Oh, yeah. For, for giving a eulogy. Because she she tends to be a narrator uh, for some other epic. She could uh, just be like, in, in the life. land of Carter, where yeah. the shadows lie. 
<laughs> Actually, I could. She, she could also read my will, and she would be like, just basically talking about how the rings were dispersed around <laughs> Middle Earth. <laughs> she would just be like, one bottle of Valentina sauce for the realms of men. <laughs> but then one at the end, it's all a joke. Microphone for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. But all of you are deceived. And just, she just rips it up. It's like he doesn't give anything away. It all goes to Nana. For there was for another years. Carter. <laughs> Forged in secret. Um, let's see. Let's we've got some good ones here. I should have I should have uh Thanks for of, all your questions. Sort of three. Should have yeah, yeah, so much for writing in. Should have pre-screened some of these because they're good and I'm getting distracted. Okay, this is a gimme. This one's easy for me, at least. This one's from Stix McMillan. What was the last movie that made you cry? About time. What are we qualifying? Help me find the line that we are qualifying as cry. Well, I want, I want, know, I want neck tears. I want roll. Don't ooh, have enough time to catch ooh. them before they get down there. You know what I'm saying? Still yeah. about time. Iron Giant. That was y'all's first experience too, y'all. That was my first I cried, it, yeah. I cried with like the fourth time that I saw it. Oof. I can't imagine that first time experience. Um, Iron Giant? You're sticking with Iron Giant? I'm, I don't I don't cry. So when that one made me actually cry, like for real, that's the last. Yeah. I, I tear up. I choke up. I get the frog in the throat a lot. Yeah. Um, what was the last one that gave you the frog? It was about time. Give me the frog. Okay. Yeah. Can I do a show… They asked a movie. Can I do a show? Sure. Uh, hang I'll on. Let me it. see. Let me. Six McMillan says yes. They'll allow. That. Oh, thanks, Six. Yeah. Um, uh, Chelsea and I watched the first season of Zoe's uh, Extraordinary Playlist. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all, it is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> there is an exhausting amount of episodes, um, uh, like an uh, exhausting amount of episodes that are. Really, really, really sad. And I wept. Yeah. Uh, in the consecutive last six episodes of that that show. It was exhausting. Good show. Wore me out. The time with like The it. Good Place. I loved The Good Place. And the final season has the most like tears per episode ratio of, <laughs> of like any show of anything I've ever watched. watched. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's a, that's a bummer too. Because that finale episode was up for an Emmy for best writing up against the Schitt's Creek finale. Oh, yeah, that's tough. And it's like any other year, I think that that Good Place episode would have completely taken it. Yeah. That's the risk you take. That's the risk you take. That's yeah. why um, That's why you should just not make any art because somebody might do it as good as you. Do we have one more like easy to answer question? It feels like that would be good. Sure. This one comes from Emma.Kale on Instagram. This might actually be the hardest question we've Emma, ever answered. Emma's up in our Patreon, by the she way. She's up in that Patreon. She's up in that Discord chat. If you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? The why is crucial. Okay. Should be easy, right? Easy answer. I mean, I think about this all the time. Orange. Oh, I'm a lime for sure. feel like, okay, let's hear your why and then we'll move. I'm a lime because uh, if you want to, like an experience with me can be overwhelming. Like if it's just <laughs> you and me, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But if you if you can mix me in to some stuff, I, it might be one of the better experiences you've had. And I mix with more than what you think I do. Mm-hmm. That's um, nice. That's it's nice. not just like a straight up thing. Sure. But I think I'm a lime. 
I'm an orange because on the spectrum of sweet to bitter, which is I feel like the kind of the axis where a lot of fruits live, orange to me is the perfect balance. Of it's got a little bit of that tang, a little bit of that that spicy zip that we do crave, but it's also pretty sweet and it's so juicy and it's very refreshing. Mm. It's just yep. it's my favorite fruit and I'm my favorite me, so you they got it. it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> that's, that's be- that is a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, I love that's that. Nice. That's really nice. <laughs> Um, I think I'm a pineapple. We all picked our favorite fruits here. I'm so yeah, glad I guess you didn't we did. <laughs> banana. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I think I think I'm or, a pineapple. Hey Carter, hey In- Carter. Orange. You glad he didn't say it? Nice. That's the joke. I just did you that. Idiot. You idiot. <laughs> no, I think I'm a pineapple, and and I have a very specific reason why. Yeah. Um, I think because there's a a lot of people don't like it when you're on their pizza. So kind of. <laughs> what what I was gonna say is only a few people like me. Outside of my realm of uh, where I'm so, quote unquote supposed to be. But the people that do love me, they love when I'm there. You know what I mean? When, I'm, when, I, start, 100%. when I start popping up with, uh, with salty meats or uh, breaded dishes, uh, you know, people, about, some people get a little weirded out. But Are those metaphors? Salty meats and breaded Are you saying literally when you bring a salted meat or a breaded dish to somebody? <laughs> you know, I think if I show up with a breaded salted di- dish, people are going to be pretty stoked about it. It's got to be a metaphor. I, I didn't start that way, but it's got to I mean, be. Speaking a for me and Carter, we have both been excited to see you when you've showed up with a salty dish or a, or a breaded dish at various 100. points in our lives. One hundred. Yeah, that's why this works. Yeah, an orange, a lime. We're all very acidic. And a pineapple. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. We we're corrosive, I think is probably the right word for it. <laughs> Corros- it. Corrosive corrosive to your brain stems because we're bringing all that all that podcast heat. If you, if you rub me on a penny, I will clean that patina right off of it. Does Dude, that happen? Clean it up. Hmm? With oranges? I don't. It feels like probably. That feels like a sign. I is, can confidently predict that hypothesis, actually. I think Doge, it does feel appropriate that your fruit can most often of the three of ours be associated with cleaning supplies. <laughs> I don't think there's much lime and pineapple in in detergent or uh, cleaning spray or something My favorite like fruit is soap. I'm soap fruit. <laughs> Guys, that's that's the box. That's the box. Thank that's you for all of you, Thank who, you who asked your questions. And if we did not get to it, know that we still love you and we're still so thankful that you submitted questions to us. That, that really is huge. Uh, something that I hope to get to uh, as we talk about this Loki episode and we get close to wrapping up. Um, when Mobius is in the office uh, talking with, and I can't remember the uh, the character's name. Ravana Renslayer. Renslayer. What a cool name. Isn't that the coolest um, name? It's a very good name. I feel like he's just mentioning a bunch of things that someone who knows a lot about comic books would know about. But he's like, I'd love to have that snow globe. I'd love to have the like the the items on her shelves. Are these just like when we walked into the collector's collection and I don't everyone know. was like, "Oh, that's blank." Oh, I just assumed it was reference to past. I think it's time tr- it's like time trophies, I think. Right, but I think I think that if we wanted to, we could go and and find out what it's actually referring to. Sure. Yeah, I feel like that's, I'm sure I could. I feel like the, okay. We could dig through half a, a century of, of Marvel down, comics. A little bit of a letdown that y'all didn't already do that. That's fine. Y'all didn't have to do that. Um, yeah. I, believe it or not, I didn't read too much into the roller skate, but you know, there could be more There's to this it. thing that we do uh, on this show that we've, I, I can't believe we've gone this far 
uh, talking about a story and none of us have done it, but I do think we, we super pump every episode. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. My, my super pump here is the ending uh, and the fact that we are at the end of episode two. We are finishing the first third of this season and we have some feelings, some tingles of what would be like a penultimate episode. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right yeah. before the finale. And it's about it's, to pop uh, off. It's, it's about our, to pop over off. Our, over our overall story, it's our act break. Right? We just finished yeah. act one. Now we're going to act two, the meat of the story. And that will, I'm assuming, will last for three of the next four episodes. Then we'll have one. Yeah. Denouement. And it's great to, to have Loki make the decision. They, The end was also a lot of confirmation for me in the kind of not just world building because because we knew that would be hard and that seems like an obvious thing to follow but relationship building between Mobius and Loki yeah. for him to when you're hearing him say don't go like don't follow her into that I wonder what all is tied up there and what is yeah. the majority of his plea because he is like oh crap this is the, my one probably my last chance to you know for whatever reason why he's trying to figure out about the Loki variant all yeah. this kind of stuff. Or is there like a legitimate friendship that is developing here and he doesn't want to see His Loki friend go? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. But it's great. It's interesting. Yeah, my super pump really is like just it. Owen Wilson. Yeah, mine too. mine too. Mine mm-hmm. too. He's so good. Uh, the Pompeii scene was almost my super pump. I was ready was to awesome. go to, I was going, ready to go to every uh, apocalyptic <clears throat> event. I was too. I was like, take me, let's go to dinosaurs. Yeah. Pompeii are we going to see dinosaurs? I, I wish. I always wish there's dinosaurs and stuff, uh, <laughs> which makes me excited for that 90-minute preview. Or not 90-minute. God, I wish. That, <laughs> that preview before <laughs> before Fast and Furious 9. Uh, yes. the, Pompeii, the Pompeii scene very much felt like a set to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. It didn't that, look super great. Yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed visually with that. It was pretty funny, that. though. Yeah, it was funny. It was fun. It was a great place to go, but it, it did feel like... A set to me. Do we think? I would I'm love in, to get. Go ahead. I was going to say I'm in love with the concept of a variant hiding in hiding apocalypses. In so now, good. now the future one did bum me right the heck out with the yeah, extension of the swallow rough. and all that stuff. That's going to be fun stuff when we get to it in real life. But the thing I want to <laughs> do on our podcast is is uh, make a prediction that's going to be a little bit more immediately solvable. I need to get a definitive prediction right now on this episode that we will come back and check in our last Loki episode. Will Owen Wilson get yes. to ride a yes. jet ski? Yes. Yes, he will. Yes. Carter, yes. I say yes. Two chunks and a hunk's official stance is that we believe Owen Wilson will get to ride a jet ski at some point in this show. He has to. He has to. I want him to so bad. Yeah. Or it's going to be a big thing that he's going to die and mention it. Yeah. I think, I think there's going to be a realization... Mo- Mobius, uh, who we're already getting some hints, some whiffs of uh, not necessarily liking some of the mystery of his job, right? Even uh, he's going to have Loki come in as a relationship and kind of unlock and actually ask questions, hard yeah. questions about what his reality is. And I think uh, in finding out, hey, the best thing to do is actually create the multiverse. Uh, he'll He'll lose that identity of working for the TVA, but it will kind of free him from it. And yeah. so probably one of the last scenes will be uh, a confirmation of maybe a cliffhanger of what's he going to decide to do. It's going to be that he's just going to live out his life. As he's going to go person. live in the nineties uh, and sell jet skis and sell jet skis or mm. ride a jet ski. Yeah. Mm. So that to end awesome. this episode, <clears throat> yes, I'm excited for that. To hold end on, hold this, on, hold on. No, we're not going to end it. I'm disgusted by myself for not having mentioned how sick Loki's jacket is. Continue. That's oh, all I want. Oh, to yeah, that's a cool jacket. That there's already that there's already 
uh, merch all over the place. Yeah, cosplayers mm-hmm. sprinted to uh, H&M, yeah, Neiman like Marcus to go buy that jacket and nice. stick some stuff red on bubble, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Mike Trozo, who's been one of our guests on this show, who uh, played a pretty integral part. Integral part. Wow. You got it. Integral no, it. part. There you go. Uh, in uh, Sky High, in the production uh, of that movie, as an assistant on that set, uh, is very much a like graphic design background. And so it's fun to have someone who has that lens that's always looking at something like, oh yeah, the font is a little bit off. I asked him about the TVA thing and he's like, it's brilliant. Mm. He's like, it's, and it's one of the things that like just with uh, uh, organically with someone who doesn't know much about that. I was like, I think that's really cool. I I bet that's cool. And I bet a lot of people think that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I would love that. Um, To end this episode, I want you to tell me where our uh, Lady Loki variant, Sylvie, and Loki are going to end up when they went through that doorframe. Mm. I'm Carter. And I think it's going to be, they're back at the TDA. I think she says like, while I've got all these people here, perfect. Let's go to the TDA. And we're going to end up in the offices. Interesting. I'm Doge. And I believe they're going to Asgard, an Asgard that was not destroyed in Ragnarok, where either Sylvie or Old Man Loki is reigning as the ruler. And basically the argument's going to be, see, this is what's possible. If you ignore the sacred timeline, you can have this. We can have this. Yeah. I was going to say Asgard as well, but now it's not fun to have the same answer twice. That's fine. You go try it. No, try it. No, just try it. Asgard. I don't like it. Yeah, that was actually that sucked. I'm Jordan, um, and I think now. Okay, you know what though? I am gonna say Asgard, but I'm gonna say Asgard in the days leading up to Ragnarok, um, and perhaps, um, perhaps she has a hiding place serving as sort of a base of operations on her home world where they would most least most expect her. Mm. You know? I love it. Man, and Hella, Hella in her universe is hello. Oh, yeah. Mm. Is a boy. She, and she'll be giving my eulogy. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's going to show up right at Carter's eulogy because actually that's the, <laughs> that's the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> a world without for, Carter is no world at all. For me, it would be. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Viator.